Starting in verse 21, you can turn it up just a little, play a little louder for me. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, J.R.S. by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went to him, and the great multitude followed and thronged him. And a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things of the physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to hear about Jesus today. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Verse 35. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why do you trouble the teacher any longer? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. For sermon topic today, only believe. Look at your neighbor and say, only believe. Won't you grab somebody's hands? Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, I bless you. You are incredible. You are intentional. And we welcome you in this house today. This is Grace Chapel, the place where the presence of God is realized. So Father, today wear me like a coat. Preach to me like an oracle of God. And I'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Won't you go across the aisles, give five people a high five, and say, only believe. You're still standing looking at me, find five people. Give them a high five and say, only believe. Some of you hadn't moved yet, find one more. Only believe. Hallelujah. Can you honor my good friend who is younger than me? So that makes me his big brother. Can you honor the pastors of this wonderful church? Pastor Brian and Cynthia Rosenberger, give God a hand clap. I can't hear you for your pastor. Somebody say hallelujah. Wonderful job. Can you stay close? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Can you bring this down for me? I'm ready to preach. Y'all ready for the word? Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's an honor to be back in Florida. I travel around the world from India to Jamaica to London and to Nepal and different places. And let me tell you something. There's something happening in Florida. I believe there's a move of God about to take place right in your state. And I need about 10 people to shout if you believe that right now. Somebody say hallelujah. Let me tell you a little bit about myself before I preach the word of God. When I was um, only 11 months old, my father died in a car accident. My mother was left raising two children by, them, by herself. She had such a hard time, my grandmother helped her raise us. And my grandmother found out I could sing. 
So she took me to church with my two sisters, and she formed a group called the Foster Kids. And we would sing every Sunday morning at church. Well, one Sunday, this was not a Pentecostal church or a spirit-filled church. This was a traditional Baptist church. And a woman came to me and said, the Lord, little boy, I was six years old. She says, the Lord is going to take you around the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will prophesy to nations. I want you to look at somebody and say, when God speaks over your life. Y'all ain't talking. Say, when God speaks over your life, miracles take place. Give God a praise. I'm doing exactly what she prophesied. Can I lay a foundation this morning real quick on faith? Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, the Moffat translation says, now faith is the title deed of the things that I'm hoping for. It is the evidence of the things I cannot see. In other words, if I wanted to buy property in, in Palm County, what county is this? Palm Beach, glory. Palm Beach. If I wanted to buy property here, I don't have to be here to buy it. I can be right in South Carolina, right in Greenwood. I can rectify it in the courts, and I can buy property without ever seeing it, and I can own it, and it's mine. It's my title deed. Somebody lift up your Bible or lift up your iPad or iPhone and say, the word of God. It's my title deed. Everything in the book. Y'all ain't talking to me. Everything in the book. Jesus died for. And it's mine. You ought to give God praise for that. Now, you cannot have faith without hope. Because you got to put your faith to something. So hope is a confident expectation. The old saints used to say, I'm a hoping and a believing God's going to do something. How do you understand people that are hoping and believing get nothing? The word of God is sure. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. If he declares a thing, he is well able to bring it to pass. I just need a few people who have tried him and you know him to be faithful. Isn't he faithful to his word? Somebody say hallelujah. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 it says, and the just shall live by faith. We do not live by the status quo. We do not live by our paradigms and our cultures. We do not live by what we see in the media, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If God declares something, he will bring it to pass. I just need to see a couple of people in here that are believing God for something. Who have I been sent to this week? Somebody say hallelujah. So as a believer, we live and we breathe the word of God and we live by faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, it says, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith is going to increase, you have to be in an atmosphere where you're hearing the word of God consistently. We shouldn't have just a prayer life. We should have a word life. We should have times that we spend with God in the word that our minds can be renewed. Now, faith comes by hearing and then hearing again and then hearing again. And you keep hearing it and you become it. Somebody give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. Now, watch this. Hebrews 11 and 6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
For he that comes to God must believe that he is, that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We do not please God just by our praise. We don't please God just by being good. We don't please God just by coming to church, and that's great. But we please God every time we say, God, whatever situation I'm in, your word will find a way to bring me out. I wish I had some help on the back row back there. Somebody say hallelujah. It says the just, we shall live by faith. And it says in Hebrews 11 and 6, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you want God to move in your life, he will move by faith. God will not be in a world where he's not needed. I'm preaching good. Because God, he knows he, he has an obsession to be needed. And so in your life, when trials and tribulations come, they come not to destroy you, but to make you better. Am I preaching all right? I'm going to come on this side. I said when you're going through trials and tribulations, they're not there to destroy you. How will you know that God is Jehovah Rapha, your healer, if you never go through sickness? How do you know that God is Jehovah Jireh, your provider, if you never have a financial need? How many of you understand that he is the full-breasted one, the El Shaddai, if you never have a trial or tribulations? Some of you must learn to praise God in the midst of your trial. Do I have a praiser in this house? For the next 30 seconds, I want you to praise God like you lost your mind. Open up your mouth and give God a I can't hear you. Hallelujah. Ha, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Something happens when we celebrate what God is doing. Come for me, Pastor Alex. Come for me, Pastor, on this side. You're going to stand here. Come, come, come. Here, yeah, yeah, right here, right here. This is when God prophesies to you. This is when he gives you vision. Somebody shout vision. This is when vision comes to pass. This is when it's manifested. This is when you're having faith and you're holding on to a title deed of something you can't see. But this is when it is manifested. You praise God for the vision. Go on and praise him right there. Then on this side, you praise him when it's manifested. Give him a praise, pastor. Move the feet, pastor. I need you to come to me, sir. Right there, come to me, sir. Yes, run to me. Run. Yes, you, run. Run. I love your haircut. Run. Your fight is not here. Your fight is not here. This is when you get the promise. This is when the promise is manifested. Come on. Your fight is in the middle. Can you survive the middle? I'm preaching good. Your fight is not there. Your fight is not there. Your fight is the process that you must go through to receive your breakthrough. Can you turn me up a little in the house? Turn me up a little. I got to hear myself. Look at your neighbor and say, the fight is already fixed. Now, I want you to see this. This is important. In 1990, I was diagnosed with lymphoma cancer. I was only given a couple of months to live. And when the doctors came in my room and the pathologist report had came back, they said that I had lymphoma cancer and they gave me six months to live. And I told my parents to leave the room. 
and I had just given my life to Christ, and I looked up to heaven, and God says, you shall live and not die and declare the works of God. I received it by faith. For the next year and a half, I went through losing almost 80 pounds. I was on a walker, but I was still declaring by his stripes, I am healed. Is anybody in the room going through any sickness and any disease? I'm here to tell you, he is a way maker and he will bring you out. Somebody praise him now. I went through a whole year and a half. I didn't take chemotherapy or radiation. Doctor said, not yet. And finally, when I went back to take chemotherapy, the doctor said, we got some good news and we got some bad news. They pulled out the x-rays. They say, here is where the cancer was. The cancer is no longer in your body. They said, we don't know where it went. I said, it went back to hell where it came from. Somebody give God praise in this room. <laughs> wow. So your fight is not here. Your fight is not here. Come on. Your fight is in the middle. Give God praise. Y'all can sit down. Somebody say hallelujah. Am I preaching all right? I better go ahead. I better hurry up. Somebody say amen. Let me get to my text. Let me get to my text. There was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a Jewish ruler, but he did not know Christ. The Bible said that he was in Israel and he was a teacher of the Jews about God and didn't know God. We're living in a generation where we have preachers who are preaching by textbooks and not by experience. Can I preach like I feel it? I travel the world preaching the gospel and I go to churches and there are skinny jeans and there are smoke machines and I don't have no problem with some of that. But you can't manipulate the glory. Either the glory is in the house or it is not. Somebody help me preach in this room right here. Am I doing all right? Here is a ruler in Israel, but yet has not experienced Jesus but sometimes when your back is against the wall and the Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He had heard about Jesus. His little girl was sick unto death. Have you ever had a situation that brought you to your knees? Sometimes that's what God is waiting for you to get to on your knees. Because sometimes we think we can figure it out. Sometimes we think we can flim flam and manipulate God. But I'm here to tell you God is after you. When I was healed of cancer, I asked God a question. I said, God, what took you so long to heal me? He said, Tony, it wasn't the healing that took long. He says, I gave you the healing the first day you asked. But it took me a while to get you. Could it be in the midst of your tribulation, God is trying to raise you up to be a mighty mouthpiece for him? The Bible says that he found Jesus because he was desperate. And he said, Jesus, my little girl is sick. I need you to come and lay your hands on her. And I know if you do, she will live. Let me tell you something. You got to believe God has already healed you before you ever see it. 
You better believe that God has already restored your marriage before you get into it. You better believe that God is your El Shaddai and he will pay all your bills before you have financial trouble. Why? Because God will bring you to your knees. Slap somebody. Don't slap them too hard. Hit them and say, God is going to bring you to your knees. You didn't hit your husband. Hit them and say, God's going to bring you to your knees. As they were making their way to his house, there were a throng of people that began to pull on Jesus. They slowed him down from getting to his daughter. Sometimes God will delay to make you. Can I walk down here? Thank you. Sometimes God's delays are not his denials. Sometimes when it seems like God is taking a long time, it's just on his time. As they were traveling through, there was a woman who had been sick for 12 years. She was hemorrhaging for 12 years. I want you to get a picture of that. She is bleeding, hemorrhaging for 12 years. She went to every doctor and they could not help her. The Bible says she spent all that she had and was not better. There are some people in this room right now. You've done all you can do in the natural, but God is waiting on you to call on his name. There is still power in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, lift those hands for a second and say, God, I thank you. Oh my God, I feel this. There is power in your name. The Bible says she said in herself, if I could touch just the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. You got to understand this picture. Jesus was wearing the talif. It was a prayer shawl in Israel. And there were little tassels on the end of it. And the scripture said in Malachi, there would be healing in his wings. Those little tassels represented wings. She understood, I ain't got to have a conversation with him. I ain't got to sit down and talk to him. He don't have to lay hands on me. Uh, he don't have to come to my house. I'm so desperate, I'm going to sneak up in the middle of this crowd, and I'm going to make a demand on the anointing. Uh, sometimes you got to get bold enough to make a demand on the anointing. How many desperate people? at Grace Chapel today are willing to make a demand. I can't hear you. When she made a demand, the Bible said that her blood stopped. Let me tell you the risk she made. If you are bleeding and you are caught in public, you are stoned. Here is a daughter of Israel who is trapped. She couldn't get married. She couldn't go on with her life because she had an issue. What is your issue? What is your issue that God is after this morning? No matter what it is, he is well able when you make a demand on him to give you what you need. Jesus said, somebody touch me. Well, that was strange because everybody was pulling on him. But you got to understand is everybody was pulling on him, but they didn't want nothing. Could it be you coming to church and you pulling on God, but you're really not desperate for a miracle? 
Only those who are desperate for a miracle get a breakthrough. I am praying for the American church. I travel the world. We have lost our desperation for God. We have lost our desperation and our hunger. Now we come to church. We want to hear a nice message, but we don't want transformation. I am praying today at Grace Chapel that your lives will never be the same again. Somebody give them a praise. She finally came to him and she said, it was me. He said, woman, be of good cheer. Your faith, not Jesus' faith, your faith has made you whole, not healed, whole. Some of you don't just need a healing, you need wholeness. Can I come over here? Thanks. Some of you don't just need a healing, you need to be whole. The Bible said Ben Jairus was still standing there and someone came and said, listen, don't worry, Jesus, anymore. Don't worry, the master. Your daughter's dead. What happens when you go after Jesus? Something is delayed and then what you thought could be, what you thought could be healed died. I'm going to come on this side. Whether it was your marriage, whether it was your prayer for your children, no matter what it was. You made a win into bankruptcy. Whatever happened, it died. And sometimes we're under the impression that when something dies, it's over. I'm here to prophesy to somebody that God specializes in resurrection. Am I preaching good? I said God specializing in raising something from the dead. The Bible says Jesus said to him, listen to me. Don't listen to them. Listen to me. Only believe. In other words, in your life, when your life is at wit's end, you got to just say, I just believe you, God. I can't see how you're going to bring me out. I can't see how you're going to change my marriage. I can't see how you're going to bring me out financially. But I'm going to only believe that you're well able to do it. Do I have somebody today that will believe that he is well able? To bring you out. Somebody bless his name. Jesus walks in the room with Peter, James, and John. Because when you're really in trouble, you need some faith partners. I'm going to walk down the aisle. Everybody can't come in a hospital room when you got cancer in your body and lay hands on you and command the devil to loose you. You got to find somebody that can feel your pain. Man, I feel good. You got to find somebody that can touch and agree that when we walk up in this room, no matter though we are facing death, we're going to believe God that she will rise again. You can't bring everybody in a room with you to pray because you don't need no doubt and unbelief blocking the prayer. Am I preaching all right? Look at your neighbor and say, I need a prayer partner, baby. Y'all ain't talking. Say, I need a prayer partner. Can you hang with me? Can you deal with my issues? Can we come together when I'm in trouble? And will you not tell the whole town about it? And can we pray about it? Am I preaching well? He stares that deaf girl, that dead girl in her face and said, Talai leave thy kumi. Little girl, get up. Before I end today, I want to tell you something. Some of you need to go home 
and speak to your dead thing and tell it in Jesus' name, get up. You don't cry about it. You don't complain about it. You don't been mad at God about it. And you didn't want nobody to know that. But I'm here to tell you, you got power by the Holy Ghost to bring it back to life. Begin to play for me, my brother. I want your hands lifted in the house. Father, today I thank you for bringing hope in this house. I thank you, God, that every dead thing is going to rise again. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every row and every seat. I pray in the name of Jesus for every dead thing 